Hey folks, and welcome back to the Theopolis Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Motes, and I'm the content manager at Theopolis Institute. We at Theopolis train men and women to lead cultural renewal by renewing the church. Participants in our programs learn to read the Bible imaginatively, worship God faithfully, and engage the culture intelligently. In this episode, we're starting a new short series with Jim Jordan, walking through the Psalms of Ascent. These are brief talks from Jordan as he walks through these Psalms, and I'll also be seeking to provide the Theopolis chants for these Psalms that will be played on the end of each episode each week. As always, please take a look at those links down there in the show notes. There's links to our social media handles as well as our YouTube channel. We'd love for you to subscribe over there as we are putting out weekly videos on Bible, liturgy, and culture. And right now we are wrapping up a series with Peter Lightheart on a theology of music. And coming up, we're going to be starting a new series on baptism with Alistair Roberts. We hope that you enjoy this brief time of teaching, and we want to thank you so much for listening. And here is James Jordan discussing Psalm 120. The real reason I picked number 120 to start with is that this is the first of 15 psalms that are called the Songs of Ascents, or perhaps in your Bible it says Songs of Degrees. Psalm 120 through 134 are the Psalms of Ascents, and it's not entirely clear to scholars what the Psalms of Ascents are. Some say that they're called songs of ascents because they're sung on a higher pitch than the other songs. We don't know that, but that's one guess. Another guess is that there's supposedly a peculiar poetic device used in here, a repetition, which might be called a degree or an ascent. Again, rather stretched notion. Another one is that these 15 psalms were sung on the 15 steps to the temple by the Levites. And since these steps ascended into the temple, maybe that's what the Song of Ascents were. But the best explanation, and the one which I'm going to employ, is that these were songs which the pilgrims sang on their way up to the annual feasts in Jerusalem. In the law, we read in Exodus 34:23 and a few other places, 23, 14-17 as well, I'll just read from Exodus 34, 23. Three times a year all your males are to appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. And also in Exodus 23, three times a year you're to celebrate a feast to me. And then it goes on and describes the feasts and the situation under which they would come up to the feasts. And the word there is to ascend toward the high place where the temple or tabernacle would be put. The Garden of Eden was on a mountain. Abraham sacrificed Isaac on a mountain. The temple was placed on a mountain. In fact, it was placed on the same mountain that Isaac was sacrificed on, Mount Moriah. Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount on a mountain, being the second Moses and giving the law, you see, on a mountain, just as Moses had given the revelation of God on a mountain. So ascending up to a mountain where God is going to meet with his people seems to be what's involved here. And we can sing these songs, and that's what we're going to do in a few minutes, is begin to sing these and consider them. I'm not going to try to go into all kinds of detail with these psalms. I don't believe that it's necessary. But what I'd much rather we do is meditate on them and sing them and think about them. And in your mind, you should imagine that you're on the way to Jerusalem. And in Psalm 120, we find that the pilgrim is setting out from a distant land. And where he lives is very bad. Let's hear the word of God. In my trouble I cried to the Lord, and he answered me. 
Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? Sharp arrows of the warrior with the burning coals of the broom tree. Woe is me, for I sojourn in Meshech, for I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long has my soul had its dwelling with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. We'll spend a little bit of time on Psalm 120 tonight, look at it in more detail. Then we'll, as we teach through, proceed looking in more detail at the other Psalms as we go. But this is a prayer prayed by an Israelite who is living in a foreign country. Notice what he says in verse 5. Woe is me, for I sojourn in Meshech, for I dwell in the tents of Kedar, or Kedar, I guess, in English. Meshech is in the far north of Israel. It's way up in Asia. In fact, dispensationalists say that the word Meshech is now Moscow, and that when Ezekiel refers to Meshech and the attack of Gog and Magog, he's talking about Moscow. Well, that's nonsense. But the tribe that lived way up in that area, in the Caucasus, far from Israel, that's where they were located. They were called Meshech. And this man is saying, for instance, that he lives way off with them. Maybe there's a small Jewish settlement there as a result of the Babylonian captivity. They have been moved up into that area. Or he says, for I dwell among the tents of Kedar, or Kedar. Well, that's far to the southeast. Those are Ishmaelites, the Kedar are. Now, actually, this man doesn't dwell in both places. You couldn't. That'd be like saying that I dwell in Boston and also in Tegucigalpa. But this is a way of speaking that this is a foreigner who's coming from far, far off. And you remember all the prophecies in the Old Testament, how God's people would come from far off to worship him. And even Gentiles would be converted and come from far off to worship him. So here, this man is living among the pagans, and he has a lot of trouble with them. He assures himself at the beginning, In my distress I cried to the Lord, and he answered me. Now, he knows that this is true, and so at the beginning he sings this fact. It's a fact that he has had trouble in the past. It's a fact that in the past, when he's had trouble, he has cried to God, and God has answered him. He has cried to the Lord. The word Lord is used as the covenant name, the one who is faithful to his people. Not just God the Creator and Lord of all things, but the Lord, the covenant-keeping God, who is faithful to his people, even when they're not faithful to him, even when they provoke him, he remains faithful. And so having this assurance that God has heard him in the past, he builds on that and he prays, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. Obviously the people he's living among have been telling lies about him. Maybe they gossip about him. It's very difficult to be the recipient of gossip. People talk about you. There's not much you can say. If you say anything in defense of yourself, it makes you appear even worse. It's like admitting that the gossip is true. Gossip is very hard to take. This man maybe has had to take some gossip from lying lips. Or maybe something even worse. Maybe he's tried to set up a business. But the pagans who hate the Lord God of Israel and feel that he's a stranger and an alien have spread lies about him, that he practices child sacrifice or some other thing like the lies that were spread about the early Christians. And his business is in bad shape. At any rate, the lying lips and deceitful tongues of the people around him are causing him to suffer and be oppressed. He's not experiencing all that covenant dominion that the Bible promised to him in the book of Deuteronomy. He's faithful to the Lord, and yet because of the pagans around him, he finds that he is oppressed, 
that his business suffers, that his family life suffers, that he's being lied about, that he's being undermined, and it's a very difficult situation. But now his thoughts begin to arise because it's the time of the year when it's time to go to Jerusalem for a festival. Maybe it's Passover in the springtime. Maybe it's the Feast of Tabernacles in the autumn. But now his thoughts begin to move towards something much, much better. He can get away from all these pagans that he lives among. And he thinks about what God is going to do to them. What shall be given to you? And what will be added to you, quite literally? What will God add to you that you already have? All these people who lie about him are doing well, and yet they're oppressing him. Now, what is God going to do to them? What will be done to you, O deceitful tongue? Well, this is the answer. This is what God is going to give to the deceitful tongue. Sharp arrows of the warrior with the burning coals of the broom tree. <laughs> well, a broom tree was a tree that was used to make charcoal, made particularly good, very hot burning coals. And so these are hot coals. Two things are going to be given to this deceitful tongue, sharp arrows from a warrior and very hot burning coals from a tree. Now, what's interesting about that is that both of those figures can also characterize the tongue itself. The tongue is like a sharp arrow that shoots out darts to be destructive to people. And just as the tongue is used as a weapon, as a sword, as an arrow to inflict torment upon the Christian, so the Christian has faith that God in time will vindicate him by bringing the sharp arrows from his war quiver against the wicked. Sharp arrows of the warrior will be dealt out against those who lie. Thou hatest those who lie, we sang about 15 minutes ago in Psalm 5. And then we are also told in James and other places that the tongue is like a fire, like coals of fire, and it causes all kinds of trouble, and it lights fires that can hardly be put out in gossip and in vicious talking. And now the revenge that God will bring upon the man who commits this sin is to pour out burning coals upon him. Throughout the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms, when God comes in judgment, the lightnings flash, and those are said to be his arrows. And the hailstones and other fire pour out from heaven and those are said to be burning coals. We won't do it but you can look at the cross references in your Bible and you'll find right in the book of Psalms several places where God is spoken of as pouring out coals of fire and arrows of lightning upon his enemies. And so this is when God comes. The psalmist knows that history is not over yet. That even though he lives in tremendous difficulty among these pagans who oppress him the time will come when God will come and avenge him and destroy them. Woe is me, he says, filling us in, for I sojourn in Meshech. Sojourn just means to live. That's where he lives. For I dwell among the tents of Kedar. I'm one of those poor Israelites who doesn't get to live in Jerusalem around the temple and tabernacle. I have to live far away. Too long has my soul had its dwelling with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak... They are for war. Two kinds of language here. Peaceful language and language of war. That's what this deceitful tongue ultimately is all about. They will not let the Christian live in peace. The Christian wants to live in peace, and he speaks peace. He does not really stir up trouble and try to cause difficulties with his tongue, but lives faithfully with God. But the enemies of the Christians are the ones who rise up and make the trouble. You can think about the Christian school movement if you want to see a good example of that. 
How many Christian schools are there that have gone up to the government and deliberately caused trouble trying to make war with the government? I don't know of any particular. Maybe there are a few people here and there who are kind of feisty and like to fight the government. But basically, your Christian school is just trying to live in peace. All we want is the right to educate our children, but when we speak peace, what do they speak? When they speak, they're for war. They're the ones who come in and try to shut our schools down, right? That's what's going on around the country. This is very real. And the pilgrim now sets out from a distant land. And then let's read a couple of more psalms here, and then we'll sing these and think about them as we sing. In Psalm 121, along the journey, you face all kinds of threats. There are wild beasts. There are wild beasts that look like human beings. They are all there to attack you along the way. And he says, I will lift up mine eyes to the mountains. This is the mountains around Jerusalem, and also all the mountains along the way that might threaten him. From whence shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. And so the man is on his journey to Jerusalem. And now he arrives. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, that is built as a city that is compact together, to which the tribes go up, even the tribes of the Lord. See, here's the ascent. An ordinance for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For their thrones were set for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now here's what true peace is, back from Psalm 120 now and 122. May they prosper who love you, and may peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will now say, may peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Now that he is in Jerusalem, he begins to pray a song of how happy he is to look to the Lord in Psalm 123. To thee I lift up mine eyes, O thou who art enthroned in the heavens. See, Jerusalem now reminds him of God who is enthroned in heaven. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he shall be gracious to us. Be gracious to us, O God. Be gracious, O Lord. Be gracious to us, for we are greatly filled with contempt. Our soul is greatly filled with the scoffing of those who are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. So even though he stands now in the temple and prays, he still remembers the enemies. And now in Psalm 124, we have a song about the enemies. Had it not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, had it not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the waters would have engulfed us. The stream would have swept over our soul. Then the raging waters would have swept over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us to be torn by their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the trapper. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Awful lot of familiar phrases in these psalms, aren't there, from our liturgy. Those are the first five of the psalms of ascent. We'll continue to look at these in future weeks, but now I'd like for us to sing these five and think about taking this trip to Jerusalem and standing within the temple as we do. 
To Yahweh in my distress I cried, and he heard me. Yahweh, deliver my soul from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What will he do to you? What will he add further to you, you false tongue? Sharp arrows of the mighty man, with firebrands of the broom tree. Woe is me that I sojourn in Meshech, I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long as my soul dwelt with one who hates peace, I am for peace, but when I speak they are for war. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, age after age. Amen. Thank you again for enjoying this episode of the Theopolis Podcast. For more information and for more content from Theopolis, you can check us out online at theopolisinstitute.com. We release new articles every Tuesday and Thursday on our blog, so you'll want to make sure to look out for those. You can also find us on Twitter at underscore Theopolis and on Facebook if you just search for our name. If you've been helped, sharpened, and encouraged by this podcast, we'd really love it if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review. It just takes a few seconds, and it really will help us along in getting our content in front of new listeners. That's all for now, friends. We really look forward to being with you all again in the next episode. And as always, thank you so much for listening.